0: Each of us are connected to food systems, so you and I have a vested interest in understanding its workings, challenges, and potential solutions. In my role at Google, one of my responsibilities is to ask, what are the impacts of our food choices? Not just on our individual health and well-being, but also on the food systems we are a part of. Our producers, our suppliers, society and the planet i believe we all have a responsibility to ask big questions like this one the answers can open a world of possibility i invite you to join me in meeting the leaders who have dared to step up to answer these bigger questions to create a better food future for us all this is food lab talk Thanks for joining me for another Food Lab Talk. I am Michael Bucker. Food waste can occur at many different points within the food system. This season, we talked about diverting food that would otherwise be wasted in restaurants, on farms, and in our own homes. But what if you could stop food waste before it actually happens? What if you could keep food from spoiling so that it never becomes waste at all? The team at Saverpack believes that they have the technology to do just that. Their solution helps food taste fresher and last up to three times longer. People throw away, you know, it's
1: almost $2,000 per family in the U.S. of food. But educating the consumer is the uh, most difficult. So selling B2B, going to an executive and saying, you know what, your farm can be more profitable if you're not throwing away as, as much. That's an easier conversation. And, and we're having that, that produce growth uh, or adoption now. But long-term, five years, there is a huge opportunity for families and the consumer solution.
0: A former rocket scientist and lifelong inventor, Bill Bergen is the founder and chief technology officer at Saverpack. Fed up with soggy lunches. Bill developed a pocket-sized thermodynamic solution that created the perfect atmosphere inside his lunchbox, keeping his salads and sandwiches fresh and crisp. This technology evolved into Saver Packs drop-in solution, which eradicates condensation, the number one cause of premature molding, wilting, and spoilage of packaged produce like berries and leafy greens. On today's episode, Bill shares the tools that helped him accelerate Saverpack's growth, his reflections on pivoting from a 9 to 5 into entrepreneurship, and why validation was the key to unlocking Saverpack's success. Here's my interview with Bill Bergen. Michael, uh,
1: great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. So uh, yeah, I am a bona fide rocket scientist in my previous life. I have over 30 years working on uh, rockets, missiles, and defense systems and and technologies. Recently, I drafted the original coding for the B-21 stealth bomber. I also worked on the largest airplane in the world. This is Paul Allen's Strato launch. I was the chief mechanical systems engineer architect for that program. So that's the largest plane in the world by both wingspan and by uh, gross weight. And it launches rockets into space from flight. So it's, uh, it's crazy. And uh, worked on a number of rockets for Aerojet and Orbital and Pratt Whitney and other platforms as
0: well. So with that background, how did you get into the food waste mess? What happened?
1: So I was solving a problem for myself. It was like 15 years ago. I was working um, uh, five stories underground at a, a DARPA office outside the Beltway. And uh, I had to brown bag it because, you know, that's much effort to get to your secret office and uh, you couldn't really go out. So I saw condensation on my lunch one time and it was ruined. And I'm like, oh, God, I solved this problem for, you know, PCBs on satellites and defense systems. I can solve it for my lunchbox. So, uh, you know, managing the environment, uh, making sure things are dry and controlled. That is my job, you know, so I literally do that uh, for, you know, very expensive billion dollar defense systems. And I I saw the problem and the solution immediately. There wasn't any kind of, uh, you know, like, oh, God, what's what's causing this? Because, again, 30 years of experience thermodynamics, I saw the condensation had ruined my lunch. And so uh, I know how to address that, you know, leveraging the dew point temperature in a uh, accessible, you know, substrate, little paper towel device. I made one that same night. And then for the next day and the next 10, 12 years, I had a great lunch that didn't have any condensation. It was fresh and crisp. And so that's how I got sucked into this uh, food waste dialogue. I was solving a problem for myself, not realizing the global
0: implications. So from it was all about your lunch to seeing the broad opportunity. Tell us a little bit more about fun. What steps did you take from that initial realization to where you are today? Yes, so
1: I didn't have any realization for twelve years. I just, like, uh, you know, happy idiot eating my great fresh lunch every day. I didn't do a victory lap or anything like that. I just ate my lunch in silence. It wasn't until you know many years later, food delivery became a thing. A Grubhub, Postmates, uh, you know, Uber Eats—that whole platform was was new. And I had friends complaining to me. Uh, I literally had the same conversation with a number of friends. They said, Bill, food delivery is horrible. You're a smart guy. You got to fix this. And uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, I've already fixed this. Why don't I just file a patent for this thing I've been using for many, many years and see what happens? The patent was approved. And I was like, well, Gosh, I guess the next step, I got to do some validation. I don't know anything about food tech, the food space. I mean, you know, I'm a defense guy. And so Pat was approved some just a few months later. I presented this for the very first time in public to an audience of almost 2000 people at the Smart Kitchen Summit in Seattle. I was shocked that they let me pitch. Uh, And so for like three and a half minutes, I talked about condensation and the thermodynamic uh you know nuances of that and uh i won so there i was uh there were there were 10 finalists uh, i went up against ai ar iot vr all the letters you know real serious uh you know traditional tech i'll say and uh the judges were unanimous it's uh you know i don't need a hologram menu i need to eat better food so that was the validation and again, i was out of my elements, uh, I got no problem talking to generals or the Pentagon or presenting to you know executives at uh, you know Lockheed or Northrop. But uh, talking to a group like that uh, about, I mean, I knew my science. My science was absolutely correct. There's no question.
0: And then tell me a little bit more about the size of the business as of today. How much have you grown from the MVP to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so we have, uh, we're in over 20 countries, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of restaurants are, are using us. We're in so many verticals now. We just launched our consumer solution. This is for consumers to buy and use for their home use. Uh, we just launched in Costco. You can buy that and keep your food fresher and never throw out, uh, you know, arugula, kale, spinach again. So uh, you buy those big old vats of spinach you because you think you're saving money well that's only true if you eat it
0: so bill a long career as a scientist you're working for really interesting companies and then you decide i'm going to be an entrepreneur so what went through your mind and how do you feel about that choice today yeah so i was kind of an amateur reluctant entrepreneur
1: for some years, uh, people brought me into their startup just as a you know CTO, help them with some, some IP, never quitting my day job, you know, just sort of like entrepreneur hobby. But this was truly my own, and so uh, that's what was different from this journey versus other you know startups that I was involved in, and I missed the rigors of uh, rocket science, you know, but I wouldn't trade anything still so, it, because it truly was my solution, I mean, all of it, and uh, the power and the theory was so clever and, you know, elegant, I thought. You know, I started winning, and and that, you know, was validation. And I just uh, – first, it was uh, the first time I spoke at the Smart Kitchen Summit and then at the Consumer Electronics Show on, you know, Procter & Gamble's, you know, pitch stage, you know. And then, of course, I won at CES, and so now I'm doing an interview with the Washington Post. And, it's, and I'm like – I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. I, I, you know, eventually it grew to the point where I couldn't do my day job and support Pack. I mean, personally, it'll be more lucrative uh, than my my day job, but not as uh, comfortable, a little more, uh, you know, risky or a little drama. I don't know if that's, uh, uh, but uh, a lot of ups and downs in the entrepreneur life as opposed to, uh, you know, going to an office and in your
0: cubicle and eating your lunch. So, question for you, Bill. You come across as a really grounded scientist and you have a solution that has tremendous impact. When you show up with that solution basically we talk about a big problem and you would say here's a solution. How do you feel that the audience responds to that? Cuz it feels to me at times is that we like to talk about an incredible challenging problem we can throw around stats. And then you say, well, here's a solution. Do you feel that you're being embraced and by the community from you are one of our solutions guy? Or is it, yeah, that's cute, but let's continue to talk about the problem. So
1: I think everybody listening appreciates there is no silver bullet, right? This is such a multifaceted problem. Uh, you have waste happening in many different places, but um, in the beginning, the reaction was, this is so simple. Why didn't somebody else do it? And this is where I'm like, well, the laws of thermodynamics are not secret laws of thermodynamics. Uh, I explain it to them. It's like, okay, we have the dew point temperature. We have latent heat of fusion. We're balancing the the enthalpy of the latent heat of fusion against the latent heat of vaporization for a thermodynamically neutral solution. And we're leveraging the dew point for drier air. Uh, Drier air stifles a microbial load. And then their eyes roll back into their head and they're just like, okay, I guess you know what you're talking about on the science. But it's deceivingly simple in its embodiment. But the thermodynamics involved are both complex and nuanced. You know, as, I, as I described, all those things come together, but it requires all those things and an understanding of those principles to create this balanced solution. That's uh, not more powerful, not you know more than you need. It needs to be tailored for the application, and uh, you need to understand the science to do that. So that was the initial pushback. You know, we we launched into food delivery and food service, but now we're, we've been in uh, produce for about a year now. The response has been a little bit. Uh, Of a mixed bag. Some farms, they've heard people make these claims before. Uh, You know, we got this magic technology that'll stay on the shelf life. And it's like, you know, my last boyfriend broke my heart. You know, why should I trust you? So, you know, I just tell them we're not an ethylene gas absorber, it's totally different technology. Nobody else has even tried the solution before because I think food scientists are chemists at heart. And so they look for chemical solutions. Obviously, my background is different. Thermodynamics is, is where I live. That's my home. So uh, I'm using that kind of technology, which hadn't been considered before. And then people see the results. That, that's what changes their mind. And there's a change in, in uh, culture about food waste and sustainability. You, we're having this push and pull. The farms, you don't want to see the waste. Some farms have resistance, but then their retailers are saying, no, you got to do this. You got to try this. Uh, invariably, they see the results. That's what changes their mind. So at this point, we have enough traction. We've been validated by UC Davis. Uh, UC Davis is one of the big, you know, ag tech. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody better to have validation from. And we've been validated by other farms as well. We have great data.
0: Yeah. And then I can go back to what you said earlier, it's that you have ultimately a prototype. You've done all the basic research and you believe there is a demand or a need to be solved. Talk a little bit more about what steps do you have to take to get from that initial stage to finding partners who are going to invest with you and finding whether it's a retailer, whether it's ultimately a distributor, whether it's a large farmer. How do you move from this? There is something clearly there, but how do you scale it up?
1: Oh, so scaling is the trick. Many people have said this before. It's like an MVP, a prototype concept. That is easy. Uh, even if it's like a radically new idea that no one tried before, I it mean, it's like prototypes are, are easy. And there are a lot of entrepreneurial uh, programs in, in my community. I think there's you know, some at universities because I was a corporate guy, you know, and being an entrepreneur is a very different uh, mindset. So I, I did my research. I, I looked at some community programs for entrepreneurs, how to launch your your idea, how to launch your startup. And certainly there's podcasts and you know, videos and programs. There's no shortage. So I did my homework on how to be an entrepreneur. And I, I had worked with other entrepreneurs on other startups, providing technical assistance, never being like the front guy or the pitch man. Just, uh, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs and, you know, they, they asked me to help them with a patent or some theoretical solution. But um, being the voice and uh, the driver of the solution, you know, like pack. That was new to me. That was very new to me. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a process using people in my
0: network and educating myself. If you knew them, what you know today, what would you have done differently, potentially?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I don't know if we did anything like obviously wrong, but uh, I might have gone with more of an organic launch. But, you know, just more bootstrapping before we did our, our seed round investment with Mark Cuban, but uh, not a mistake because growth and adoption of new technology and new habits and a new idea, it takes a lot of energy to to educate the public uh, on, on a new solution
0: and a new approach. How do you then move from an initial idea to finding either a trucking company or a farmer who's actually willing to play with you? Because this is really about if you want to solve a broader problem. It's never something you can do by yourself. So you have the idea. How did you go about actually finding then the raspberry farmer or the trucker who was willing to take a chance on you and to say, you know, there's something there. How did you go about that? So the validation from UC Davis
1: was, was massive, right? I mean, they have, uh, they have impeccable credentials. And taking those credentials and, and shopping them around, going directly to the farms, And some of the the testing happening now is uh, happening because the retailer told the farm, you will implement saver pack. You will do a trial and you will test it and you will tell us the results. So there is definitely a push and a pull. Farms want to be more profitable. You're making money by selling more, having more throughput. You know, the cost is offset by the uh, the gains through uh, food waste that did not happen. But farms, uh, you know, they're worried about operations, you know, interruptions. This is also what's great about our solution. Uh, it doesn't require big capital, any capital investment. It goes into existing operations. So that was certainly removing the you know, hurdles or speed bumps uh, to take implementation was a big part of FARM's willingness to test with us.
0: But if I hear you correctly then, what I think I hear that you had a technical solution, but in order for it to be embraced by the system, You needed to actually spend quite a bit of your time or your organization's time and ultimately getting a variety of stakeholders to come along. Oh, for sure. You you can't
1: work in a vacuum. I mean, we make the solution, but we can't force the implementation or adoption. And of course, we are still a very small organization. We're still a very new company as far as the company goes. We're two years old. We've gotten a lot of... uh, Traction and exposure, given how how young we are, and we started in food delivery, and it was just a year ago we executed on our produce solution. We always saw the verticals available, but as a startup, you have to pick a solution or a you know market. We had to. Uh, Focus our resources to execute on one before we moved to another. So our produce solution is only about a year old, and that really started when we won the United Nations Sustainable Agriculture Technology Challenge. That was a little more than a year ago, and this is where we became aware of the smallholder farms not having access to markets. And this is this is a solution that got the United Nations so excited, um, and that's that's ultimately why we won.
0: So one of my takeaways from our conversation so far is, is that. It's not just a product. It's ultimately, how do you ultimately sway the system? And the other one I hear you say loud and clear as well, is just be out there in as many places as possible, not necessarily knowing what will happen, but something will happen as a result of doing something.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, I think, a a chaos theory part of, uh, I think that that goes with being an entrepreneur. Uh, I think uh, if it's new technology or you can't predict the future. I mean, even proven, you know, blue chip uh, industries, you know, still have to, you know, adjust to the the modern climate and uh, which is always changing.
0: Yeah, and if you would chat with, um, for example, students who are thinking, "What can I do when I leave college, making an impact over here?" Based on your experience, both in your own inventions and now, actually, being a little bit more in the broader ecosystem. What are some of of your thoughts on what advice would you give to students getting ready to go into this space?
1: I would say look at the gap that excites you the most. Only you know after being involved in the food waste solution, was I aware of you know smallholder farms and food deserts and you know these specific problems and uh, inequalities that exist. and some of the food waste, is uh, you know, partially addressed by you know, solving those gaps. So Saver Pack is fortunate that uh, smallholder farms and food deserts are kind of two sides of the same coin. If I can extend the shelf life, then smallholder farms can now reach you know, new lucrative markets that weren't previously available. We did a successful trial shipping blueberries from Colombia to China by sea freight. I mean, that was impossible before. Uh, we just completed trial shipping raspberries from Mexico to Canada by semi-truck transportation. So, you know, that was impossible before. You know, enabling smallholder farms, that's one gap. You know, giving people access to uh, markets, you know, that, that addresses some equality issue. If that's your passion, you know, go for that. But food deserts is, is another gap. So, I would say find the gap that excites you most and
0: try to impact that. Yeah. And then maybe going back to your team, you started the idea, and then you started to find friends around you. So tell a little bit more about who joined your team and how the team ultimately evolved.
1: Yeah, so I started with um, the CEO, which i worked with them before on this IoT company. I was, uh, you know, CTO of this uh, Smart Armor, had big backing from some Qualcomm guys, and uh, it was in-home security locking. And, um, you know, as CTO, I I had, you know, some involvement in the product uh, packaging, although that was almost anecdotal. But so the people who provided that were uh, the people that I l- reached out to to launch SaverPack because SaverPack is essentially a kind of packaging technology, and so it made sense to to find a packaging expert to scale with, and, and you know this is an existing packaging company with existing resources in that space, and so uh, the team really grew from their legacy packaging company. So even though SaverPack was a new company, the staffing came from a known network from that uh, legacy packaging technology.
0: Got it. When you look in your crystal ball, and as a scientist, you probably don't do that, but imagine for a moment you would. (laughs) Where do you see the biggest opportunities for your organization? So long-term, the
1: biggest opportunity, I think, is the consumer solution. You you know, people throw away, you know, it's almost $2,000 per family in the U.S. uh, of food. And uh, there, there are, you know, things that the family can do to uh, save money and reduce food waste. So it's not just about economics, but, you know, food waste and greenhouse gases that come from food waste. They're just, it's just throwing anything away. doesn't make sense. You know, if you have the opportunity to use it and you know, you want to feed your family, like vitamins, nutrition and all that healthy stuff. But educating the consumer is the uh, most difficult. So uh, it's selling B2B, going to an executive and saying, you know what, your farm can be more profitable if you're not throwing away as, as much and, and all of your food is making it to retail. That's an easier conversation. And, and we're having that, that produce growth uh, or adoption now, but long-term, five years, there is a huge opportunity for families and the consumer solution to gain traction and, and huge growth. People that are brown bagging or, or doing meal prep, it's, it's a great application or You know, this Costco product, how it's being used, uh, you know, so your fresh produce is eaten and not thrown out. The consumer solution is going to take a a longer time to, uh, to really develop. The other verticals that we're in, food delivery, produce, agriculture, we're already, you know, implementing, you know, with those, you know, and that'll be more near term.
0: Yeah. And do you have clear insight into what might be your accelerators and blockers? for example, hearing you speak about consumers, more money will not necessarily lead to consumers embracing it quicker. Right. No,
1: no, that money would go into education and, you know, marketing and, um, you know, people need to be aware of the solution for them to buy it. You know, there are companies that are are masters at this. We are in a program. We, uh, we finished a, uh, a cohort and accelerator with Georgia Pacific. And they're, you know, testing us, you know, market research with consumers. And of course they're, they're huge. They, they have many products that are, uh, you know, being sold to uh, consumers. And so having them help us with messaging for, you know, educating the consumer and uh, finding out any, you know, resistance or, or interest from at the consumer level, that'll help us with that consumer adoption, uh, having a, a champion like uh, you know, George Pacific, who, who cares about you know, food waste and food packaging. Uh, they're already in that space. So um, you know, we have the technology, and uh, that's very attractive to them.
0: Yeah. Last question. Is there anything that I haven't asked today that you wish I'd asked or that you would like to share with the listeners? So SaverPack, you know,
1: this idea of the dew point, we're, we're not just a one-trick pony. So we have another solution that's in E. coli detection. Uh, System so similar uh, little uh, sachet. Uh, It has a reagent in it. uh, Leverages the dew point temperature. You're probably sick of hearing me say dew point temperature, but it pulls moisture out of the air. This is moisture that came from the food, so we can test the food for E. coli or uh, you know allergens without touching it. And so um, this is you know very exciting. And we have we have other technology as well. We have a grab and go you know solution that we developed with Georgia Pacific. All of this stuff is is, uh, is patented. We have a great IP. library. We need to execute on on the markets we're in uh, before we look at you know new verticals and new markets, but we have a lot of IP. that we, uh, we can't wait to develop, and then that'll come from from funding and awareness and growth.
0: Thank you, Bill. It is my first time that I truly spoke with a rocket scientist about food loss and waste, and I'm amazed by your journey and actually what you're doing today. Thank you michael it's a pleasure for more information about saver pack including where you can get your hands on their drop-in solution be sure to check out the show notes thank you for joining us for this episode if you liked what you heard like and subscribe to our podcast at foodlaptop.com or wherever you listen to your podcast and as we close i invite you to pursue your own bold vision and inspiring actions towards a better food system for us all. See you next time.